It's not like that. See, th this is the church building. This is not the church. You are the church. The law of God is not up on the wall or something that's just in our mind. It's written in our hearts. You don't have to go to the priest for forgiveness of sins. You go directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so, so uh, now it's, it's, it's a continuum that we live in, like a 24-7 continuum is really what it is. And so one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, I think, is to get us to act like um, uh, the, the, this relationship is something that affects everything we do. Everything we do. We have a wonderful time of worship here as a family, but guess what? It doesn't stop when we leave the door. Uh, we, we have a time of prayer, maybe. We had a wonderful time of prayer this morning for our youth ministry that are going to be going to camp. Uh, but our prayer doesn't stop there. Uh, we continue in these things. Uh, that's why Paul the Apostle said, pray without ceasing. How do you do that? Well, you have an attitude of prayer. And you recognize church is not something that you just that you do for an hour and a half on Sunday or an hour and 20 minutes on Sunday. It's something that encompasses every part of your life. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in you and Christ abides in you. The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They didn't have that in the, in, the New, in the Old Testament. It was just for a temporary time and a temporary season. And so... Uh, so yeah, and that's, when we talk about honoring God, that fits right into that. Honoring God is not something we do with one aspect of our life. It's every, everybody say everything. everything. All the time, say that. Time. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Let's all stand, uh, if, if, if you would, and we'll pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. We need it today. We need that measure of grace and mercy today. We love you. Lord, help us to honor you and teach us what it means. And it might be different things for different people, but Lord, you are worthy of it. And so help us to do it. We confess that we need your strength. God, I, I just want to lift up our, our sister Abigail to you and just pray you would touch her body right now as she's, God, that you would just pour out your healing balm, your cooling, soothing balm upon her. And anyone else in this place that needs a touch from you, Lord, that you would touch them. And we ask that and all these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would. Okay, so honor, honor, honoring God. Um, so I heard a story about a guy who had an uh, antique store and he had a table, much like this table here. It was an antique table and uh, it was a valuable table. Um, maybe not so much like this, but it's got some value to it. It's an antique, right? And so it's a $2,000 table. But he's trying to move some merchandise and clear some space, and so uh, he decides to mark it down to $500. Now, he recognizes that he's selling himself short, but he needs to move some merchandise, and he's had it for a while, and so he's willing to part companies with it. Somebody comes in, and they see the table, and they go, oh, that's a nice table. And he goes on and explains all the delicacies and the intricacies and the details. 1932 table, and this is who made it, and we have documentation for this. And the guy goes, oh, I see that you have it for $500. And the guy goes on again and explains the details of the table, and he talks more about the history and the background of it. And, he, and, the, and the, the guy says, well, you know, I'm not, I don't know, $500, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 100 bucks for it. And the guy says again, no, sir, you, you don't understand. You're getting a heck of a deal at $500. I, you know, $100, da, 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 da. he goes, well, that's my offer, $100, take it or leave it. And the guy who owns the store says, you know what, 
I am so glad you came in today, and I'm so glad that I talked to you. Because as a result of our conversation, I'm going to change the price. You're right, and I'm going to change it to $2,000. Because I realized that if I sold this thing to you for $500 or even less, I would be selling myself short, and I would be cheapening the value of it. So, $2,000. The guy says, do you take credit cards? (laughs) And he bought it. Here's my question. If you paid $100 for a table, whatever the worth was, maybe it was worth $2,000, but you didn't really value that. Maybe you paid 100 bucks for it. And you took that table home. How would you treat it? You know, I don't know. Are you going to put it in a central place in your living room? When you come home at night and your kids uh, uh, got, got a, 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 you know, a Gatorade bottle or something on it, are you going to go crazy or are you going to say, that's eh, all right? Are you going to yell at them for not using a coaster or whatever, communicate that, the value? No, it's like, it was, you only paid 100 bucks for it, man. On the other hand, if you pay $2,000 for this table and you come home and there's a bottle of water on it, what are you going to do? Get that bottle off my table. Are you crazy? I paid $2,000 for this table. It's an antique. You don't understand. You're going to treat it differently, aren't you? You're going to treat it differently. And my point is, is that the price paid is directly proportional to the perceived value. The price that you pay is proportional to the value. Okay? Now, I realize that's relative, right? I have a picture of something that is similar to something that we had. Go back to 1970, 1971, and uh, who didn't love a crushed velvet orange chair? Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it swivels, yes, sir. It absolutely swivels. So, you know, we came home, you know, my mom... Uh, Hit it big. Uh, she got a bonus or something because she worked at Pick and Save. I don't know what happened, actually. And she said, we need some new furniture. She got some new furniture. Crush velvet orange chair. Hollow. Come on. Who wouldn't want to take a picture in that throne right there? And I don't know what she paid for it, but it was valuable to her. And she said, "And f- you know how I knew it was valuable? I, now, again, I'm in the sixth, sixth grade not quite understanding this, so help me out. She covered it in plastic. But it was a custom-fit plastic. So somebody, somebody had a job where they went around and covered furniture in plastic. Well, everything, yeah. Oh, uh, don't point at your mom. That's, look over this way. Dear sister, we love you. And I'm, and I'm like, and we live in Riverside, and, you know, Riverside, you know, we had a water cooler, and, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And when it's, like, 95 in Riverside, Southern California, and you come home, and you got shorts on, and you sit on a plastic chair, man, you got to get peeled off of that thing. And I go, Mom, why did you put plastic on it? Because it's valuable. I said, Okay. I get that. And then she said this. And by the way, I don't want you kids sitting in my chair. Okay. I'm a sixth grader. I don't get it. I thought you bought a chair so you could sit in it. I don't know. That's just me. 
Oh, we had that couch and chair for a long time. I bet you if I had that today, somebody paid me a lot of money for it. I bet you that'd be in vogue or there'd be some retro. Oh, retro's totally in. Yeah, man, $2,000 for that? I would be amazed, but anyway. Does it come with the plastic? I don't know. <laughs> Las Vegas, could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. All right, relative, honor. Talking about honor. Honor originates in the hearts, in our hearts and refers to the value we place on some, someone or something. Honor. Listen, you were created to honor. You were, all of us. God put inside our genetic code, and it's even deeper than that, something that causes us to worship and to honor. It's true. It doesn't matter where you go, what age, or what culture, people are worshiping or they're honoring. Harold Best wrote a book uh, called Unceasing Worship, Biblical Perspectives on Worship and the Arts. And he says our God's nature is unceasing outpouring, that God is always pouring out of himself in love, in adoration, in communication. In fact, that's why we have a God who exists in the entity of three persons, not human, but persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So in eternity past, God existed within the community of his self. Some people have said that God was lonely, so he created humans. Oh, no, far from that, because he exists within himself, within the community of himself. And so there's a communication, a love, an adoration that has poured out from eternity past in the very nature of God. And so, because we are made in the image of God, we too are unceasing worshipers. We are pouring out. We're living to the glory of something or someone or worshiping something. Oh, just go to a concert. Last weekend, was it? 100,000 plus people. Come to, Las, come to Las Vegas in ridiculous heat and pour out and worship. It's in our DNA. We have it. It doesn't matter where you go. We're imaging. We're reflecting uh, the glory of something. We were made to worship. And we can't help but honor or worship something, even if it's ourselves. It's the way it is. So... Of course, some collectors might honor things more than others or highly esteem, maybe than a non-collector would. Uh, we honor other people to the, uh, uh, based on who they are or, or what they've done. The Bible, in fact, tells us many particular ways to bring honor to God. Now, we could do an eight-part series on how you do that. In, in work, in marriage, which we've already done, honoring mothers and fathers. But, but, but the, the, the big picture is what I'd like to talk to you about. Honor, in the Old Testament, had two different contexts. One is to be, uh, in a bad sense, is to be heavy, burdensome, severe, or, or dull. Uh, this was the, re the result of Pharaoh not honoring God. It was because there was a heaviness, there was a dullness, it was a burden. Or in the good sense, it's numerous or rich or honorable. In the New Testament, it means to fix a value to something. Uh, the value of, uh, uh, that you place on that, to honor, uh, to have honor, 
to uh, revere, okay? And so honor is the value that you place on something. And the context that we'll talk about today is the value that you place on God and how that changes or affects your life, okay? We're commanded, as we heard last weekend, to honor our mother and father, not just the great mothers and fathers. Uh, That's the first commandment with a promise. I used to tell the kids in youth ministry all the time, you cannot dishonor your mother and father and come to church and try to honor God. That equation doesn't work. In the same way, I cannot dishonor my wife and then try to come and honor God in some other circumstance. That equation doesn't work. Okay? We're commanded to honor the elderly. Leviticus 19.32 says, Stand up in the presence of the elderly. I like that. I like that. I think we need, to, we need to have a revival of standing up for the elderly and honoring them. Um, and show respect for the aged. Fear, God, fear your God, for I am the Lord. We're to honor those who rule over us. Peter is writing to a church that's being obliterated. Uh, they're being persecuted left and right by King Nero. And he says uh, in 1 Peter 2.17, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, Fear God and honor the king. That's what we're called to do. Okay? We show the Lord honor uh, and high, a high regard uh, for who he is by honoring him with our bodies. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20, flee sexual immorality All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Verse 19, Or do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Whoa! That's a message that needs to be preached. Okay? And not just to young people. We're to honor God with our income. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Honor. Uh, We're to live lives that reflect that we honor Him. Romans 14.8 says, If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So in all things... We're to honor Him. Now, it's not enough to honor the Lord outwardly because God desires that honor comes from the heart. That's where it starts. Actually, it starts elsewhere, but we'll get to that. Uh, uh, The heart. This is where honor births out of, out of our hearts. Now, remember, God's not just concerned about our words, although He is, but he's concerned about the heart behind the words. God's not just concerned about what we do or don't do, but he understands and knows the heart behind why we do what we do. And so you can't judge somebody's honor of God based on what they say, because people can say things and they may not necessarily live it. You can't even judge somebody based on how they live their life, because only God knows the heart. You can for, for, for some uh, a, a point, and, and, and to a degree you can, but only God knows the heart. 
See, that's the key. And so the Lord says to his people in Isaiah chapter 29, these people, they're, they're rebelling from God. And he says this, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Because God knows the heart. Jerusalem knew how to talk the talk <laughs> during the days of Isaiah, but their hearts were far from God. You can't always judge a person by these things, but God knows the heart. Jesus quoted this passion when he was talking to the religious leaders who were hypocritical and who were putting burdens on people and weren't living up to the own expectations that they forced on other people. And he used this very same thing. They knew how to talk the talk, but they didn't walk the spiritual walk. So how did, in Jerusalem's case, how did their hearts get far from God? The Lord says, their hearts are far from me. They just backed away from God. Maybe because of pride, maybe because of arrogance, maybe because of difficulty, maybe because of the busyness of life, maybe because they were being prosperous, they, or just being rebellious. They just, they just, it's like God didn't move, you know? Someone says, man, God's far from me. God didn't move. If God's far from you, where did you go? Where did you move? Proverbs 3.9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of all your increase or your crops. Honor the Lord. And you know what I think? I think we could take that a step further. I really do. See, I really think that we could honor God in everything we are and everything we do. I think that's probably a goal. Now, I know exactly what you're thinking. That's impossible. You can't do that. Nobody does that. I agree. It is impossible. It's impossible to honor God in everything we are and everything we do. If I start from myself and my own ability. See, my own ability falls short, and it will every time. I, by myself, can't honor God. I try. How many of you try hard? Oh, may you try? Yes, we do have a responsibility, okay? But I fall below God's standards in every possible area of my life. Not always, but a lot of times. And I try so hard, right? I mean, like sin. I can go without sin. I can. I can go without sin seven, six, seven, maybe eight hours. I can but then I wake up and then here we go again, you know. Here we go again. It, it just, it's just how it goes. The Old Testament is a story of people who, who are, are moving away from God and how God always goes after them. And he always brings them back. And he says to Isaiah, Isaiah says, man, your, your, your hearts are far from me. They are. So how do I honor God? Well, I know the flip side. When I don't honor God, I know that it's kind of a crapshoot. Things don't always work out. And 
I know that that always leads down one road. When I purposely don't honor God, it leads down a road of sin. It's just the way it is. It's the way it is. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, Paul explains this. Man, this is deep stuff. Okay? Every worldview has to explain the existence of evil. Because it's one of those questions. If God is a good God, then why this? Okay? That's a reasonable question. And there are answers to that question. But guess what? Every other worldview has to answer that too. How does the atheist answer that? If you don't have God, what's your explanation of evil? You want to talk about an evolutionary mindset? You want to talk about how random chance plus time, survival of the fittest? Okay. That's your explanation for evil? Okay. One of the reasons that evil exists is because people don't honor God, and that leads to sin. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You can't suppress something you don't know. So men know the truth because it's pre-wired in their heart, but they suppress it. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown them. For the, I love this, the invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. Your translation may say clearly seen ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So God says, if you can't find me, get to some place where there's only me. Go out and look at the stars. Go stand in front of a raging ocean. I'm in the creation. You, you, don't, you don't have to look past the creation to believe in me because, by the way, I've already pre-programmed something in your heart to worship. And if you'll just take the time to look, even at what I've created, you'll find me. Woo! Verse 21, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. They didn't honor Him or give thanks. Key words. So, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. We transgress the will of God in many ways, Paul says. In many ways. Including sexual immorality, idolatry, murder, gossip, on and on and on and on. And Paul breaks down and tells us the root cause. Here it is. Mankind's Failure to honor God as God and give thanks. One of the reasons for evil in the world. The failure to honor God and give thanks. Works nationally, works globally, and it works in my life too. It does. It's not difficult to see how the lack of honor for God our Creator leads to other sins. Why? Made to worship. We can't help but honor and worship something. And if our honor is not directed at the Lord and all that exists, then it's going to be directed at something else. That makes us guilty, according to Paul, of idolatry. <sighs> now, how many of you guys are still glad you came this morning? Some of you. Okay. How many of you guys don't raise your hand no matter what someone says? Here's some good news. You want to honor God? You can't do it. You can't do it. Don't leave. You've got to hear the rest. You can't do it. Try. Try hard. Do the best you can to honor God in your own strength. 
do the best you can to be religious. I can do this, I can do that, I can do that, I can do this, and then I do that, then I go here, and I go there, then I honor God. Nice try. I, by myself, can't please God. I can't do it. As I said, I fall below his standards. So how is it possible? Again, I have to look outside of myself. I've experienced God's mercy. I've experienced God's grace over and over again. Mercy causes, uh, covers my mistakes and grace that reaches out to me even in the midst of my worst failures. But the fact that God loves and forgives me still does not add up to me honoring Him in anything I do. So how do I honor God? You know what? Here's some good news. God has done the hardest part for me. That's where I start. I don't start with myself. I don't start with my own abilities. I look at what Christ has done, and I start with that. By sending Christ to die on the cross and paying the price for all of my sin, and then sending His Holy Spirit to be my helper. God works through Jesus in me, and that... Yes, Christ died once, but that's not a one-time event in my life because I need grace and mercy every day. Not saved over and over again, but my ability to honor God starts with what God did, not what I can do for Him. That's where it all begins. It begins with Him. He's come up with this plan. You know, He drew me to Himself. You know, I remember like, oh my goodness, uh, 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 these words... Uh, there, uh, this is true. It, it, God put that in my heart, and I'm going, man, these words are true. Man, Jesus, Jesus, he, he, he is who he said he is. I, I kind of have an understanding of who Jesus is, and, and God put that in my heart, and I go, wow, Jesus is, is who he said he is, and his word, his word is true. It really is. It's not just like some stories that randomly don't make. No, it's true, and God put that in my heart, and I go, wow, God's word is true. And then, hey, I'm a sinner, and I need God's grace, I need God's mercy. God put that in my heart. I didn't figure that out. I already knew I was a sinner. <laughs> like all sinners know. All of us know. No need to tell me. And if you would have asked me, are you honoring God? I would have said, no. I'm not sure what that means. Because my eyes were dark, and I didn't get it, didn't understand. I was, didn't have that illumination. Hey, God forgives me. He's called me. And He's done the hardest part for us through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Can you say amen to that? It is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Once I am saved, I am sealed. And He will complete that which He began. God's ownership guarantees what is to come. That's His work. And that's where I begin if I want to honor God with Him. Now, I have a responsibility too. It's humility and submission. That's my part. See, that's where the rubber meets the road. Honor God will take humility. It'll say, 
not my will, but your will. And it will take submission to say, Lord, if that's your will, I receive it. That's my part. Allowing God to do his work in me more and more every day. I receive the mercy of God through Christ Jesus, his sacrifice. I submit myself to the power of God working in my life through the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, I become more and more like Jesus every day. A little more today than I was yesterday. God is honored in my submission, in my humility. God is honored in me becoming more of what he wants me to be. As I become more like Jesus, I do the things that please him. I think the thoughts that please him. I say the things that please him. But it doesn't start with my own strength. It starts with him and being in relationship with him and submitting and humbling myself to him. That's how I honor God. I allow him to be God in my life and acknowledging that I need his help to be more of what he wants me to be. First Peter put it this way, again writing to a persecuted church in 1 Peter 3, 14, he says, But even if you suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Verse 15 is the key. It says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Your translation must say, Sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. What does that mean? That means make it your determination to set apart Christ and make him the Lord of your life in your heart. Make it your dogged, dogged decision that, God, I want to humble myself and I want to be submissive and I want you to be the Lord. I want to sanctify you in my heart, in my heart. That's what I want. Today, humble yourself before God. And you'll honor him in the process. All that you are. All that you do. All that you will ever be. And all that you will ever do. Seek to honor him. Now, we live in a 24-7 continuum. So let's not honor God at church and not honor him at home because honor starts with God and him working through my life and me surrendering to that and then it works itself out in the home. Honor in the home. It has to work there or it doesn't matter if it works on your job. It has to start with your most, most intimate relationships. That, it, has, it has to work there. Or it doesn't matter if it works elsewhere. Honoring those closest to you. Yeah, I'll honor my husband as soon as he gets his act together. Uh, that's not what I'm reading here. Are you with me? Okay, two of you, great. <laughs> All that I am all that I do, all of it. How do I honor God on the job? How do I honor God in my family? 
How do I honor God at school? How do I honor God in my neighborhood? How do I honor God in my giving? How do I honor, my God? How do I honor God in serving Him? How do I honor Him by trying to reach lost people? How do I honor Him with my time and my talent and my treasure? I don't know the specific answers to all those because it might be a little bit different for me. And maybe that's not the real issue. Because you know what it comes down to? It comes down to the heart. It comes down to a decision. My heart. I don't want to say no to God. I don't want to. But I wonder how many times I do. Trust in the Holy Spirit to reveal that to me. Starts in the heart. With His help. By grace. Through faith. We can honor God. This week, today, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen. He'll tell you. If there's something that we're doing, or about to say, or about to go to, and it dishonors God, let's listen. And then let's agree that we'll follow to the best of our ability. <laughs> let's agree. Amen? Amen. 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 Father God, we, um, we are <clears throat> we're humbled by your awesomeness that you say, Lord, that you will honor those who honor you. And that that's a process. Thank you for being the source of life. And if we're going to honor you, it's not something we can muster up. It's got to come from you. And that's got to start with a relationship with you. My prayer this morning for anyone here is that if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you, you, there's something in your heart that's churning. You, you, the Spirit of God is, is calling you. You know it. it you, you may not be able to understand that implications of it, but you know that God is, is stirring your heart because that's what He's after. He's after our hearts. A willing vessel that He might work through for His glory, not our own. But in your heart, if you're like, man, I, I'm not right with Jesus. I don't have a personal relationship with Him. I want to honor Him. And if, if it starts with that, I want to do that. What, what do I do? Well, this is where you confess your sins, you agree with him that you're a sinner, and, and you ask Christ to forgive you your sins. And I want to give you that opportunity if, there's, if, if, if that's you and you're like, man, that's me. I, I, I am so not right with Christ and I know it. I know it. And you know what? My words didn't reveal that to you. Your, your own spirit has confirmed that. You, you know it. Would you lift up your hand and say, that's me. I just want to be right. I just, I just need forgiveness today. I recognize it. I want that in my heart, God. Where, you're giving God access to your heart. You're inviting Him in. And He can go wherever He wants, but you have to invite Him in your heart. And that's you. Would you raise your hand, anybody at all? I'm going to give you the opportunity in the back. God bless you guys.